You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. All right, since we're going into the new year, um, and uh, what people usually do is have new year resolutions. In other words, uh, decisions that they make about the improvement of their lives or in their lives in various aspects of their lives, which is good because nobody makes progress without goal setting. First thing about any individual or any organization that is making progress in life is that they or he or she has a goal that is set before them. Jesus himself, the Bible says, for the goal, all right, or the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross. He also tells us, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. So goal setting is one of the seven ingredients that is, has been scientifically proven. When we say scientifically, which means that this is not an opinion of somebody or a hypothesis. This is a common all right, factor in every single person organization making progress on this earth is that they set goals. So resolutions are good. The issue is, how are you going to implement it? Is it by power or by might or by the Spirit of God? And there's something about failure. When you attempt to do something and you fail at it, if you don't renew your mind, it builds into you without you knowing or plants a seed there that makes it easier for you to fail the next time you attempt something unless you consciously renew your mind. And in consciously renew your mind here, you are not playing the blame game. You are not right, blaming somebody else or circumstance on the outside for your failure. You understand that everything that I try to do and I fall short, it's a lack of the knowledge of God's wisdom concerning that particular thing. So instead of having those seeds, wrong seeds planted, you have the seed of God's wisdom and God's understanding planted within you, which means you take your time in prayer to learn from God the right way to go about uh, what you are doing. So if you look at Romans chapter 7 from verse 18 in the New King James Version, a new resolution can put a person in this kind, have this kind of experience. Romans 7 verse 18, New King James. For I know that is in me, that is in my flesh, nothing good dwells. For to will is present. In other words, the resolution is present. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good I will to do, I do not do. But the evil I will not to do, that I practice. Get, get what he's saying here. I will against something, but it's a habitual practice for me to do the direct opposite of that which I have willed. 
In other words, it tells us the limitations there of willpower. When you want to will something into your life, you can even find your own self, not even talking about somebody on the outside, that you are trying to influence, doing the exact opposite of it. Now, let's go on here. So, what's the law then? For the good I will, or I practice, next verse. Now, if I do what I will not to do, it is longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Verse 21. For I find a law, and this is a law we must understand, that evil seems present with me, the one who wills to do good. For I delight in the law of the Lord after my inward man, but I find, the next verse, another law, I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. So he said, am I going to get delivered? O wretched man that I am who will deliver me from this body of death. Then he tells us the solution. I thank God through the Lord Jesus Christ, so then, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God, but if it's with my flesh, that is willpower, he says, I serve the law of sin. So he says, when it is with my mind. So he talked about deploying his mind there, making use of his mind. And so instead of using just his will, he understands that what I will has now got to be translated into my mind if I am going to get it done. In other words, there was something else in his mind while he was willing, all right, which means putting his will to do some other thing. And so the mind becomes the tool there that has got to be deployed when it comes to changing your life. So if you want to change your life completely in 2024, there is a practice for it. And that your mind becomes the tool. I want to start sharing on how you deploy your mind. For it tells us in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, it says that you are transformed, don't be conformed, but be transformed, that's metamorphosis, by the renewing of your mind that you may prove that in your experience what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And every single Christian must be skilled at mind renewal. In other words, if I am in 2023, all right, scoring 50 points, and I want to, in 2024, score 75 points, the first thing I've got to do is to renew my mind from a 50 points level to a 75 points level, then the opportunity to get to 75 will be given to me. Let me repeat what I said. What I'm saying is people might say, well, other people have opportunities, and I don't seem to have any opportunities. There are opportunities everywhere. The Bible tells us that a man who trusts in the arm of the flesh shall not see when good cometh. It didn't say, it says it shall be like a heath in the desert, 
and he will dwell in the patched places. All right? Like a heath in the desert. He shall not see. Not that the good is not coming, but he doesn't see when good comes, but shall inhabit the patched places of the wilderness. So anybody who is inhabiting, quote-unquote, patched places in the wilderness, let me tell you, their problem is not that there are no opportunities. Their problem is they don't see those opportunities when they come. Let me tell you exactly what I'm saying. They don't recognize opportunities when they come. All right? The way they see life, they don't see opportunities. And if you should know this, if you are in a state of mind where you think there are no opportunities around, you have been lied to. All right? The enemy has sold a lie that has been bought. Because it says he shall not see when good actually comes. It comes. He just doesn't say it. Now, the reason is the way the mind of that person is. Look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 15. Look at it here. And this is how you see opportunities. For truly, if they had been what? Mindful of that country from whence they came out, they may have had opportunity to do what? To return. So opportunity is a product of what's in your mind. Or I put, put the NIV translation of that verse. All right? If they had been thinking, that is how you think here, of the country they had left, they would have had opportunity. So opportunity is a product of your what? Thoughts. And so if you change your thinking, that's why the scripture says it's not just something you confess and, and a religious where everybody is charged up in an atmosphere and you say, I, I, you know, when there's a cast down, I would say there's a lifting up. No, you see things different. There's a recognition there of opportunity. And I told you about seven things. Ask anybody in a free market, not rent, even in rent again, market economy where people are entrepreneurs. Ask, what is the key to success? They will tell you recognition of opportunity. They will tell you that. Ask anybody who is in the door. They will tell you that opportunity to recognize it. They asked Warren Buffett, how did you develop all this wealth? He said, listen. We don't diversify our investment. We wait for the big opportunity and we load it. So that's how we became God's wealth. That normal people diversify their investment because they don't see any opportunity. So they're just spreading it. So whichever one works will work. But we don't do that. He said we look for the opportunity. And when the opportunity comes, the mistakes we make is that we put in 20% when we should have loaded the entire thing on it. So it's not that they are guessing. It's not that they are saying that we're bad. They recognized, all right, an opportunity. And that's what the scripture says. The race is not for the swift. The battle is not for the strong. But by time and chance, it happens. Time and chance doesn't mean just by chance. That's what means by the opportunities that time presents. And time always presents opportunities. But those who have learned how to do what? Recognize it. Simple. Get a class together. Same people. You'll find out it's not how intellectually brilliant they are. Those who are going to go up is going to be simply by understanding that opportunities do come and you have got to recognize these opportunities, all right, when they come and enter into these opportunities here. So I want to look at the mind. I'm just going to show how, all right, we shift our minds there and change our mind as a practice here. I'll try and do that. 
in, uh, let me just say, in, um, in uh, 25 minutes. Now, there's something that is called everybody's set point. Now, as I stated here, you have a set point. And that's what they were talking about in Romans chapter 7. You can will, you can dream, you can pray, you can fast. You have a what? Set point. The scripture I'm going to teach on in Wavbeck. It says, let every man be fully persuaded, and so let him eat. For he that eateth and doubted in his heart is condemned already. You can do something physically and have doubts. That's what that scripture is saying. You can come and behave like, you know, front. Like, and, he that, it, it, and he that doubted is damned if he eats. In other words, you can doubt inside you, but attempt to do something on the outside. But inside, really, you don't think that thing will work. I mean, there are some people who say that we are going to run 100 meters. They see Usain Bolt on one side. They see Ashafa Powell. They know they have lost. Even though they say set, they say, are you going to make it set? Set, go. They know that it's over. Oh, someone is playing football. He sees on the other team, Cristiano Ronaldo, Messi, and he's there with his boys. Even though he says pass the ball and he's running, he's just running, all right, to fulfill all righteousness. Inside him, they know that this game is what? Over. You understand what I'm So there has to be that thing there, which means, actually, so there's a set point. And that's what the Bible calls, guard your hearts with all diligence. Once you see this. For out of it come the issues of life. That word, guard with all your issues of life. One translation says boundaries. In other words, everybody has boundaries. And you are living within those boundaries of your life. You may not know on the inside. There are boundaries there. What causes these boundaries? Everything you see, everything you experience, everything you hear. The early church was praying on all kinds of things. Signs, wonders, all kinds of things. The minute they killed James, a boundary was set in the mind of the early church. When they brought the court Peter, they were all praying as an act. But when Rhoda came out and said, Peter is at the door, they said, thou art what? Mad. Because they told her, thou art mad. But they were in a prayer meeting. Praying for the release of Peter, and they were praying without season. But they said, you must be mad. And when, continue there, when she constantly affirmed it was so, all right, they said, it is his what? Angel. That angel means it's his ghost. In other words, he's dead. Now, so there was a boundary that was set around them by reason of. That's why when Goliath came out, David did not have those boundaries. Why? Because David said, I have killed the bear. Not killed the bear. The bear came against me. The lion came against me. Those are the seeds. The other people saw Goliath there. It was an opportunity as far as they, you know, what David said. David went and said, what did the king promise? He said, let's get this straight before we go and kill him. We, this man is dead. But let me just know what I'm going to get. He said, what did they pray? That's how opportunities come. They come as Goliath. Other people look at you and say, this is good. Other people look at you and take off for their life. It's the way they see things. All right? But, but it's based on things that have happened. So, what causes the boundary? If you have been mindful of the country from which you came, that you are thinking about things that have happened in your past, that's what's dominating there, your mind, then you can't go beyond those limitations. Now, if you go back to Hebrews 11, verse 14 there, 
14. For they that say such things declare that they seek a country. And if they are mindful of the country from which they came, they may have had opportunity. Verse 16. It says, but now they desire a better country. Now let's look at verse 13. That's where it starts. It says, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, were persuaded of them, embraced them, and confessed that they were strangers and they were pilgrims. In other words, they saw the promises there and then internalized. That's the renewal of your mind. They internalized the promises and became part and parcel of them. And why did they confess that they were strangers on the earth? Because everybody was talking. So let me tell you this. Anybody who embraces God's promises, let's just give an example now in Nigeria today, will be like a stranger and a pilgrim because everybody is speaking the language of defeat. All right? Speaking the language of it's impossible. So anybody who does embrace that, right, will think differently, will speak differently. We'll speak words of hope. We'll speak words of light. We'll tell people that there are opportunities and all of that. So a person will be a stranger. Let me just say this here. Popular opinion is not godly. If everybody is thinking something, that can't be what God is thinking. Because it says narrow is the way. Straight is the gate that leads to life. Narrow is the way and there are few that find it. So we can't take popular opinion and say, that. So what's popular opinion? Let's just go with it. Everybody says, this is what this everybody is doing here. All right? It's not a popular opinion. Uh, God's opinion is something that is sought out. It is something that is deep. It is something that, I mean, people that have, have bought God's opinion, thoughts on matters, think totally different from what, all right, is known commonly among people. So you have a set point, and you want to move that set point. And the example I constantly give is a man who bought um, a speedboat here, he got promoted, and so he got the speedboat. And in the speedboat here, he decided to take his friends fishing. And so while they were fishing there, they turned and said, look, they weren't catching fish in a certain place. So they said, let's go south. And then they turned 45 all right, degrees south. And they went. So he went to the speedboat, turned the steering wheel 45 degrees south, and went back to meet his friends. And the boat went but of time, they, they finally stopped somewhere and started fishing again. And a friend told him, he said, look, this place looks like where we were before. And he says, that's what they looked around. It's true. And he went back again and turned it 90 degrees and left it again. And the boat started going 90 degrees, so he left it. And all of time, they met themselves again where they were. And then somebody said, have you checked the set point of the boat? These new models have a set point. I said, what do you mean? He said it has been programmed, and until you change that internal program, right, if you turn the steering wheel, what happens is, if it is programmed to be at a certain place, and you turn the steering wheel manually, except you are holding that steering wheel manually there, once you leave it, it goes back to where it has been programmed, which means that you have a set point which is how internally you have been programmed. That's why God told the nation of Israel, and this is what the New Testament is about. He said, listen, I took them by the hand to lead them out of Egypt, this almighty God, parting the Red Sea, feeding them with manna, demonstrating power, 
took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. He said, they did not continue with my covenant. He says, so I regarded them not. And then he goes on and says that, he says, a new covenant I will make with them. I will write my laws in their minds and inside their thoughts there will I write it. So he was talking about the program that was inserted all right, within them. He said, we're going to change that program, and this is what the New Testament is about, which means change the setting. It's almost like, all right, change. There's a default mode that is there, and that has to be changed, and there has to be a conversion in that particular thing so that, all right, I will be able to do my will and walk through those individuals. So, finally, he realized that, and instead of trying to use the steering wheel every time to do that, he changed the set point, now turned the steering wheel in the direction in which he wanted to go, left it after some time, and they got there. You see, when you are making resolutions, it's like you are turning the steering wheel of the boat. All right? And you're holding it. So first week, you're saying, this is my resolution. This is my resolution. This is my resolution. This is my resolution. You're consciously doing it. After some time, you have to let go of it to attend to other things. Life starts. You go to work. You go here. You do all of those things. You let go of the steering wheel. The set point comes back. Bam. Are you following what I'm saying? The new real resolution lasts for 10 days. Because what you do is that you can't hold that steering wheel forever. You have other things you have got to do. Okay, let me tell you the difference between set point. If a person is learning how to drive, you know they'll be holding the steering wheel, doing this, all right, holding, the, I mean, they can't look anywhere. If you call them, they won't dare touch that phone because they're holding the steering wheel. Do anything, they can't do that, they hold it. But once they have mastered driving there, what happens is that set point inside their heart has changed there. Now they can be talking, they can be laughing, they can be doing five things, I mean, with their mind, but they automatically are handling that, which means to improve the year, you have to take your life from willpower to automatic. You get what I'm saying? A pilot has got to hold the plane here when they are taking off, but once they overcome that law of gravity after some minutes there, and the plane gets into that cruising mode, then he can leave it, and it's now an autopilot. The pilot can even come out of the cockpit and come and join you in talking. That's what the Bible says, labor to enter into what? Rest. There's a labor phase to change the set point. Once you change the set point, your heart now carries you. You are no longer carrying your heart. In other words, once he overcomes, there's that period here of overcoming it. But once you overcome the law of gravity and you get to that place of rest, you can enter. That's what the scripture says, that the kingdom of God is as if a man should do what? Cast seed into the ground. And he will sleep and arise. And that seed will spring forth and grow. He knoweth not what? How? Okay? So changing the set point was the first thing to do in terms of changing the set point here. Quick, let me just say this here. First thing, so you must understand the laws of changing what is at subconscious levels. All right? So the same way James was killed, there might have been things in, that's why I say is they are mindful. There might be things that have happened in your past. There might have things you've seen with your parents. There might be things you saw with people around you. And right on the inside of yourself, you have that set point without knowing. It's there. So you may struggle, you may do all kinds of things, but it is just all right there. 
And then you wonder how other people in the same environment, all right, are seeing all those things they're seeing and entering into things and opportunities. First of all, what they've done is their minds, all right, have been completely changed. So Isaiah 54 verse 1, all right, you start out by changing your set point. Uh, let me just give a few tips by praising God. So when you're saying, all right, your willpower can only last for a period of time where you have got to use that will to actually, not to try to produce, but to use your will to change the program. Do you get what I'm saying here? Because once the program has been changed, the computer will run the process for you. Because it's out of that person's heart comes the issues or the experiences in the life of that person. That's why the children of Israel couldn't go into the promised land. God was with them. Until the church understands this, we are, we are basically wasting our time, even if people are preaching. Because God came to them. God in heaven came to them, stood with them. But the program inside them for 400 years, at least for 360 years or 50 years, was a program of slavery. That's why when you see any person thinking that some people are oppressing me, that's the problem. The oppression, first of all, because any oppressor wants you to think that you are being oppressed. They are safe. They got you. Because when they are not even oppressing you, you will say they are oppressing you. Once you believe on the inside, talk to every, any person of color, they believe that, all right, the cards are stacked against them and that the racism will not make them succeed. That, in their mind, that's where the real problem is. It's not on the outside. Uh, you follow what I'm saying? And that's what you're going to see. This podcast is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.